The stakes could not be higher for 32 proud women as they compete in the inaugural May Young Classic. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, remember, it's still a single elimination tournament. 12 women have been eliminated. have advanced to the Sweet 16. Now, the eight remaining challengers will battle for the final four slots in the second round. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. And the WWE Championship. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! quite yet but they're all up available for you to watch on the WWE Network uh, which I would encourage you to do hello this is Mr. Green and this is the rights and wrongs of pro wrestling of course as presented by the Women's Pro Wrestling Network uh, thank you for tuning in to this and let me just go and begin right off the bat that this review will contain spoilers so if you have not watched the Mae Young Classic and you do not want to know what has happened, uh, now's the time for you to uh, move over to some other video or find another podcast or interview or something like that that we have or whatever the case may be because I certainly don't want to uh, offset your viewing pleasure for the tournament. Uh, but this is a spoiler-filled review, so the warning has been placed uh, okay, now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, and before I go into the uh, bulk of the tournament itself, uh, let's get a few things down. Um, if you are looking to support the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, please hit your subscribe and or likes on whatever platform you happen to be on. Uh, you are listening to this in MP3 format, and there's a good chance that you are catching us via Podbean or iTunes Tune in radio, Google Play, or something of that nature. And if you are listening to us on either one of those uh, uh, venues, please like and subscribe. Uh, that does mean a great deal. Uh, if you are on YouTube, same rules apply. The only thing that I would ask you to do if you have not done it or if you've not subscribed is make sure that you hit that little bell. Uh, on the well, next to the subscribe button so that when notifications for uh, any podcasts or any matches and things like that come up, uh, bonus rounds and interviews, etc., etc., you will be notified. Uh, all of the things that I'm mentioning to you are, of course, completely free. doesn't cost you a dime. It will not cost you a dime. 
so you you have a, a bunch of uh, free accessible content available to you on all of these platforms. All you have to do is subscribe to get it. So that's that's about as good a uh, 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 offer that you can get on any platform. It's free. Free is always good. So uh, <coughs> that that's taken care of. And of course, I, I forgot the uh, the the social media. Uh, for those of you that are following around, you can follow us, WPN Wrestling on Twitter, WPN Wrestling on Instagram, and for YouTube and Facebook, Women's Pro Wrestling Network, just spell it on out, all one word, it should come right on up, and uh, you will be able to see exactly what I'm talking about when I reference the May Young Classic, because... Before it went on the air, I made sure to fill out the brackets from start to finish. I went open and around all the way up to the finals, uh, and I and I said I was going to stick to it. I, within the previous, well, one of the previous podcasts, I made it clear. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fill this out, and I'm going to put it and I'm post it up online. And actually, it's posted in uh, about three or four locations. I know it's, it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter, and it's on uh, Facebook. So that I could be held to with whatever picks I had. I had no inside information. I wasn't there in attendance. I didn't read or watch any spoilers. So th this was all based on who I thought would go from uh, one round to the next. Uh, granted, now some of these I was kind of making picks based on uh, who's likely to sign or who's already signed with the WWE, who's, who already has commitments elsewhere. So that, that's a lot of what I was kind of putting behind it, too. So these, these are my educated guesses kind of built around that. So, um, if again, if you haven't gone onto Facebook, if you haven't gone on our Instagram, if you haven't gone on our Twitter to see the brackets filled out, uh, you go in there now. You can uh, check it out, see, see what I got right, see what I got wrong. Well, I'm going to go through some of that anyway, and, I'm, and I will upload the updated brackets I'm trying to give it some time so I don't uh, spoil anything for the people that's not listening to this and go onto the uh, the page and and look. So we'll we'll get to that. I have it all highlighted and marked up and marked out and all that good stuff. So it, it is it is ready to rock and roll. Um, speaking of the May Young Classic, the tournament that you know there's a lot of things that need to be kind of addressed as it relates to that tournament. One is, uh, I don't know how many of you out there remember uh, this young lady, but Taylor Weil, uh, otherwise known at the time as, well, otherwise known as Chantel uh, Taylor, she went on her Twitter uh, not too long ago and notified her followers, her fans, that uh, she was contacted by the WWE to participate in the May Young Classic, um, which is good. I mean, which is – it's cool to have heard that she was contacted to, to be a part of it. Uh, unfortunately, she was unable to be in it. She apparently did not pass the physicals, if I remember correctly, that – I know she she posted her reason that it. Uh, I know somebody contacted me uh, not all that long ago and said that she, well she she was contacted but she refused. 
Uh, she did not refuse. I, that much I am very aware of. It, it was more along the lines of uh, Taylor Wilde wasn't. Uh, I'm trying to trying to <laughs> say it right because I don't I don't want to make it sound like she's out of shape or anything like that because she she actually is part of the um, uh, the fire department at this point. Um, <clears throat> so she's in good condition, but uh, she she did not. Uh, she wasn't in condition enough to compete. Let's let's say that she wasn't in ring, ring shape. Um, uh, uh, okay, here it is. Uh, if you go onto her um, her Twitter page, and you scroll down to about July 18th, she does uh, she does address the the situation, and she says that she opted out by choice. She was considered to partake in the Mae Young Classic, but due to an injury she sustained in training, she's going to have to stay in retirement. So there you have it. She, she was, she was uh, contacted, and she had the, the opportunity to do it. Uh, but unfortunately for her, uh, she, I guess, while trying to get back in shape, back in ring shape, because she hasn't done it in a while, you know, she, she hasn't wrestled in quite some time. And she was a really good talent. I'm, I'm – I'm, so disappointed that she didn't have the opportunity to kind of step back in the ring and get that one last run uh, because she she deserved more than to have uh, TNA, which which we now know is Global Force Wrestling, kind of run her out of the business, which is essentially what happened. Uh, she deserved a little bit more than that, but unfortunately, you know, it is what it is, and she's had to take a, a different path in life. So she's uh, she's a active and working member of the fire department. And kudos to her for, you know, having something else to do, something else to fall back on. She seems very happy with it. Uh, but it, it would have been nice to see her in the, the tournament, at least, you know, in a, a ring one more time. That would have been cool. But they, there there it is. So uh, to the young lady that, that sent me the the message saying that Taylor was supposed to be in it and she refused, uh, that's partially true. She was supposed to have been in it. Uh, she was at least offered to be in it. But she was injured, and she was, uh, you know, that kind of made her decide that retirement is where she's going to have to stick to. Um, and the first podcast that I did regarding the May Young Classic, or at the time it was just the upcoming women's tournament. They didn't have a name when I started at the, started this thing up. I said something to the effect that the uh, – when the WWE finally does it, they are going to blow the knockouts, knockdown pay-per-views out of the water. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much exactly what happened here. I sat and I watched all four episodes of this, and they they have done such a masterful job. I mean, which is what we expect them to do. They're the, they're the WWE. They're the biggest dogs in town. And we know that they are going to bring their A game to whatever it is that they do. I'm just upset that TNA, Impact Wrestling, Global Force Wrestling, whatever you choose to call them, by this time hasn't been able to do something to kind of bump up their the quality of the presentation. I mean, at no point did I watch this, this being the uh, Mae Young Classic, and I, did I feel bored. Not like, you know, when I look at the uh, knockouts, knockdown, when I got to get through the first 20 minutes of them introducing everybody. Who, what's your name? Where you from? And all that stuff. In the May Young Classic, they had these nice video packages. They, they had you be introduced to them. They told the stories in the ring. 
I mean, it, it was it was very well done in much the same way that you had the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, the matches were cold, but they they did what wrestlers do, and this, there lies the difference. You didn't have any sports entertainment stuff tossed in there. You know that's got to drive Kevin Dunn crazy because I, I I am fully of the belief that that guy cannot possibly believe that wrestling will work if it's just wrestling. It's got to have some story. It's got to have something else to it. The girl's got to be in mud or the matches shouldn't be this long. They should only be 30 seconds or whatever the case would be. So I, I can only imagine that he he couldn't, couldn't stomach any of this. But – that's neither here nor there. The point being is that all of these ladies went out there in cold matches, and just between what they did in the ring, just between what they had on the video packages, you know, arguably showing in the, I assume in the in the arena or at full sale, we'll call it, because it's not a true arena. But between those things, they got the point across. They got the point across of who you should be cheering, who you should be booing, and the crowd was educated. That's the other thing they got going for them. Getting back to the knockouts thing, that the crowd there at Full Sail is educated, and it made those matches feel that much more exciting. You look at a knockouts tournament, the matches are good. The crowd sucks. The crowd is terrible at Universal. It's, it's, and they drag their product down. I, I just need to say this before I go off into the, uh, the spoils of the, the tournament. But that cry that Universal drags that product down, they, 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 they make it suck so bad. They suck the life out of it. I mean, even when they got great matches going on in the ring, and, I, and I've seen every knockdown, knockouts, knockdown pay-per-view that they provided. But a lot of times, those people are just sitting out there, sitting on their hands, just watching what's going on in the ring. They don't know those people. They don't care. They're not cheering. Here was the polar opposite. That crowd was educated. They knew who most of these people were. And the ones that they didn't know were at least given the opportunity to, to win them over and what they were able to do in the ring. And uh, we'll talk about some of those as we go on. So, anyway, episode one, which technically premiered after Monday Night Raw, I was concerned that they wouldn't drop all of it because they made it look like, well, they weren't going to drop them unless, until the premiere actually happened, uh, which thankfully I was wrong about. It was after 11 o'clock, after Monday Night Raw went off, they dropped all episodes uh, of the Mae Young Classic. So if you go on the WWE Network right now, and I'm sure somebody's probably trying to upload it onto YouTube, good luck with that. Uh, they have all four episodes for you to look at. I looked at them all back to back to back. Uh, very much like a, uh, a lengthy pay-per-view night for me. And uh, with uh, let's go through the, the first ones. And first, you know... <clears throat> I my my brackets out of the matches listed, I got one wrong. One. And I'm happy to have that one wrong because the girl that won, I actually was, you know, she really impressed me when when she did it. So I I'll get to that in a minute. All right, so here we go. Episode one, Prince Princia Serhey. She won by submission over Kaylee Ray, which is a little bit of a surprise, but I uh but I just didn't see Serhey uh losing. Her being the uh, veteran, I think she's been doing this thing for like 15 years or so by now. So we, we had a couple of vets walk in there and uh, show their stuff in the ring, which was great. Uh, glad that they all got their, their chance. 
Uh, she won. Like I said, she tapped out. She tapped out Kaylee Ray with the um, with the armbar submission, uh, like her version of Fujiwara armbar. Serena Deeb, who went in as the uh, sentimental favorite, and I know there was a couple of people that made comments like, oh, well, she is the WWE veteran that's coming back. And that's basically the story that they're laying up to her. But, you know, like I said, and, and I, I I know I described this at some point, I'll reiterate, the only reason that I didn't give her that kind of credit is because her in-ring career didn't really mirror the WWE. It was mostly OVW, it was LCW, then it was in the, in the independence. Uh, but the storyline there is that Deeb is the fa- is the uh, sentimental favorite. She's coming back for redemption because she she blew her opportunity because of uh, drinking uh, the problems that she had when she was uh, on the WWE main roster. Which ironically, when she was part of the Straight Edge Society, so uh, that wouldn't work. So they played her up, and she um, went against Vanessa Bourne first round. Vanessa Bourne came in, and she she was the clear heel in this thing. Uh, she she did her job and she made that audience know who she was, and um, she put up a really good good match, as most of these are. Uh, but it was Deeb that won ultimately via a spear, very well executed. Put her down and got the three count. Uh, the Queen of Spades and the Baszler, she came out and Baszler has like a double support system here. Well, one on the outside, one on the one on the end. Uh, her trifecta teammates are all involved in the tournament. Those members being Mercedes Martinez and uh, Nicole Savoy. So you got the Latina sensation. You got the Queen of Suplexes. You got the Queen of Spades. All competing in the same tournament, the same time. Although they are bracketed off of, uh, in separate lots. Although technically Savoy does have the opportunity to come up against Baszler if she can, if she is able to win and, and advance, as Baszler did advance over Zeta, uh, both of these ladies came in with a uh, a pronounced MMA background. They they kind of illustrated that point, and the ladies when they got into the ring exercise that they they were going for submissions and locks and it was a very methodical match but it was still a fun match like they didn't lose the crowd by doing any of the stuff that they were doing and uh that crowd was solidly behind Baszler and it was it was it was well you know she was she had big support from that crowd and and speaking of the support I forgot to mention that the uh the four horsewomen of MMA, they were out there also. So so she had her outside support too, Rousey and, and the girls, uh, Jasmine Duke. And um, I, I forget the other one right now, so I apologize. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, all, all three of them were there on front row, the fourth one being Baszler. She, she was in the ring, and she she won via uh, a, a tap out over Zeta. Uh, I think it was a, a rear naked choke with the uh, the body scissors, if I remember right. So she she taps her out and advances to the second round. Abby Lath, who we knew as uh, Princess Kimberly, in, well, in some circles she was the princess, but we knew her as Kimberly once upon a time. Now she's Abby Lath, and she had the mountain of a task to overcome with uh, Jazzy Gabert, who we once knew as the alpha female, and she was a monster in this ring. The alpha female actually brought that crowd to their feet. Uh, this match was the first match that was shown on TV. I mean, I don't know if they uh, edited the, the actual 
live tournament. But it was the first match that was shown that got that crowd hyped up. Like Jazzy was uh, tossing Abby around like it was nobody's business. And the story there became really clear, really quick, that this is the David and Goliath match. And if Abby's going to win, she's going to... Uh, she's going to have to pull something out of somewhere, out of the blue, and get that victory. Uh, she was breaking out the kicks. She was breaking out the strikes. She was doing all that stuff. But at the same time, you had Jazzy Gabert, who was who was uh, delivering on all fronts. I mean, she got off in the corner at one point. She was delivering, like, rapid palm strikes. And that, that, that hyped that crowd right on up. But ultimately, it was the alligator clutch by uh, uh, Abby Leith that – scored the victory, and uh, it was almost like a ring of honor rules, man. You know, even when people came in and didn't want to do the handshake and whatnot and lost, Jazzy came over to her. Uh, despite being aggressive and beating her up in the match and all that stuff She after she lost because it, it, was, a, it was a pin out of nowhere, or relatively. Uh, but she gave her respect. She shook her hand, raised her hand for the audience and whatnot, and that crowd went bananas. They 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 enjoyed every minute of that, as did I. And like I said, that was the first match that really brought that crowd up to their feet. So uh, I thought they did a really good job in that match. Uh, so that was the first episode. Abby Lev versus Jazzy Gabert was the uh, main event of episode one. Uh, so we moved over to episode two because, you know, the WWE Network, when you're on a series, they'll just let the thing run. And that's what I did. I let it run. So episode two opened up with, with one of the people that I had a vested interest in and one of the ladies that I really wanted to see. And if you've been listening to me for any time, you know who I'm talking about, the Latina sensation, Mercedes Martinez. Although her opponent, uh, Zia Lee, I think I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Zaya, I think it's Zaya Lee. Uh, she she did impress me in this match. Uh, it was the first time I had the opportunity to see her. I, I don't think that she has wrestled uh, anywhere prior to this. So it, it was it was interesting to see how she was going to do, it, and it was interesting to see how Mercedes was going to treat her. And, and Mercedes walked in, uh, I, I guess technically as the cocky heel here because she, she she didn't give her any kind of play. She just she just made it seem and look like this is beneath me and you know I'm I'm gonna take you apart you know just you know piece by piece but of course Zaya she she did give uh, Mercedes a run for her money at some point she she started catching her with big strikes big kicks uh, very attractive young lady that's neither here nor there but <laughs> just wanted to point that out uh, Zaya uh, did do some impressive stuff. I would like to see her in the future. Hopefully, she will, uh, you know, make an appearance on in, in NXT when as they are rebuilding their women's division. But it was ultimately the Dragon Sleeper applied by Mercedes Martinez that put her out. Uh, I had to tap. So there we go. Mercedes advances second round. Uh, one of the better matches uh, was Rachel Evers taking on Marty Bell. Now in this match, true, I did have errors for the win, but during that, during the course of the match, I will admit to you that I thought I had picked wrong. I thought, I was looking at this, I was like, oh no, man, I think Marty's gonna take this. I, I was really thinking, I was like, okay, this is this is the one. I, I, I got my wrong pick in here, but nope, 
Uh, it was a surprise win and and essentially regarded as an upset win. Uh, Rachel Evers, second generation girl, the daughter of uh, Hall of Famer Precious Paul Ellering, scored the win with a small package and and uh, eliminated Marty Bell. So yes, even though and you can verify it, go onto the Facebook page and look. Even though I picked Evers to win, I was surprised that Evers won. So, I mean, yay for me! I was at that at this point in the game, I was up like uh, six and zero as far as my picks was concerned. Um, moving on, Rhea Ripley I took on Miranda Salinas, which I have very limited knowledge of Ripley. Salinas, I was aware of because of reality of wrestling, and if you haven't. Going on to uh, YouTube, you can find Reality of Wrestling, and you can see some of her matches at that promotion, which, of course, they had acknowledged. Well, they didn't acknowledge the promotion, but they acknowledged that she's a trainee of Booker T. And uh, that was essentially what she was riding on within the uh, the course of this tournament, is that, you know, she she was trained by a Hall of Famer, and and uh, she was going to do whatever she had to do to win. Doesn't matter that I'm, that I'm short. But Ripley, who uh, comes in off of a, a soccer background, certainly was using her height and those high kicks to, um, I, I, I don't want to say level out the playing field because it actually looked like it was all in her favor. And somehow, I mean, she had to, she had that crowd way on her side. I mean, they, they were doing the, uh, the oi, oi, oi chants, you know, because, of course, she's from Australia. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming that she has some people that came in town, and they, or or even that, or they were just giving her some proper respect, and they gave it to her. She she delivered the goods after uh, catching Miranda uh, a couple of times uh, with a few with a kick or two across the head. Uh, she put her away with a full full Nelson slam, and got the three count. So Ripley advances to the second round. Mia Yim. Um, went into the ring against who we formerly knew as Crazy Mary Dobson, which is really funny to me that uh, Crazy Mary Dobson has morphed into like this uh, <laughs> kind of backwoods Sarah Logan persona. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying all the stuff that she was saying on the uh, on on the in the tournament video packages was incorrect. I'm, I'm certainly not going to deny where her background is. I mean, that that's all could be legitimately true that she was raised in the backwoods and, you know, she fought goats and all this other, all this other stuff that they was talking about in there, but they, they played it up. And it's just interesting to see the, the change of character from what she was to what she is now. But uh, this is the main event of episode two. Mia Yim and Sarah Logan, which is easily the best Sarah Logan match so far. I'm not going to say the best Crazy Mary Dobson match, but the best Sarah Logan match so far that we've seen in WWE TV land. But it was Mia Yim that ultimately scored the win as she popped her with Eat Defeat, which uh, which I'm going to assume is a little bit of a, a uh, homage, if you will, to Gail Kim. They actually brought up Gail Kim's name in the tournament. They said uh, they, they they credited Gail Kim as being one of the uh, inspirations for Mia Yim. So that that was a little bit surprising and refreshing that they they wouldn't be so petty to like, no, we're not going to bring her up because she works for the opposition. So they they actually did bring it up, and Mia Yim did use uh, Gail Kim's uh, 
kind of vaulted finish the heat defeat and scored the victory over Logan. And we move over into uh, episode three. So now by the time episode three comes down, I am eight and O for all guesses just uh, pertaining to who was going to advance and who did not. So I was, I was looking pretty good at this point. I was feeling good about it too. Um, all right, so we start off episode three with uh, Tony Storm over Aisha Raymond. I had heard of Tony Storm. I've never seen Aisha Raymond at, at all. And I, again, this is another case of my knowledge about them individually as, as far as ring work is concerned. was a little limited, but I knew enough about Tony Storm to say that, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a pick on her. Although Aisha Raymond did put her through the paces in that match. In fact, I would say she was probably the bigger and the stronger of the two. And they played it up that way. And the loss that Raymond had, because she did lose, was arguably kept her strong in the ring. So you have the match going on. And... Towards the end, Raymond gets the advantage and puts Tony Storm down. And she goes up to one corner to uh, to get ready to come off for a, assumably a splash off the uh, top rope. But as she's doing that, she turns to the fans who are booing her and, and giving her lip. And she gets down and she goes walking across the ring and she starts jawing with the fans. And, she you know, you see her on the hard camera telling her what well, telling them what she thinks about them. And then she decides, okay, now it's time for me to go up and go to the top rope and do this thing. But by that time, of course, it's too late. You know, she, she had gone up once. She came down. She started talking to fans. She decided to go up again. But the timing had passed, and she flies off with a splash. It hits nothing but the mat after being distracted. And what do we have after that is a distracting, a distraction, excuse me, a distraction roll-up by Tony Storm for the win. So it wasn't uh, overly, imp- maybe impressive isn't the word that I should be looking for, but uh, it wasn't an overly domineering win for Tony Storm. I was expecting her to, to dominate it, but she didn't do that. Uh, like I said, uh, she won, but it seems as if they did what they could to keep Raymond strong. So uh, there's the arguable point that if she had not gotten distracted, if she had not gone over there and started yelling at the fans, if she had not uh, lost focus, that she could have uh, continued on and won, but she didn't do that. So Tony Storm advances to the next round. Uh, one of the the uh, surprising matches, is speaking of people that remained strong in victory, uh, we got Dakota Kai versus Kavita Devi, and Dakota Kai walks in as the clear veteran there in in this uh in this match and the and the most well known of the two, <laughs> but um she barely survived this. Devi was uh was just she she was showing all kinds of power over <laughs> over Kai in this match. I mean she she was tossing around. She gorilla pressed her. She you know, she was she was showing the, the biceps to the audience and, and not for nothing, when she walked in there, nobody knew what, who she was or kinda how to take her. But it was a 
I can't say a career-making match, but that match made her. And and if you didn't know who she was prior to that, you knew who she was by the end. Uh, she she illustrated a great deal of um, leverage and power and strength over Kai throughout this match. But ultimately, it was the mistake. It was that one opening that Dakota, Dakota Kai was able to take advantage of. Uh, Debbie charges in, goes into the turnbuckle. Kai was able to move out the way. She runs across the ring, gets full momentum, and charges in with a big boot right across the face, which puts uh, Debbie down. And then quickly, as, as quick as she could, she goes up to the top rope and comes off with that coup de grace, the same way that uh, uh, Finn Balor does. And that double stomp right across the chest Puts her down for the three count, and uh, Dakota Kai advances. She moves on. The third match is the first match and the only match that I predicted wrong. Bianca Belair took on Sage Beckett, who is the former Andrea, who is also the former Rosie Lot of Love, which is the former Betsy Ruth. So this is the, this is the fourth incarnation of, of uh, this young lady that I have seen. Uh, if you need to get more information or you want to get more information about it, go into our archives. There's an interview that I have with her. She's listed as being interviewed as Andrea. Uh, that, that's who she was at the time. But uh, it, within that interview, she told me, we, we had a conversation about um, her background as we talked about her uh, her characters that she's portrayed. And she said... To me right then, it's like uh, I, I would like WWE to know or any promotion to know that I could portray whatever it is that I need to portray. Now, clearly that's the case because she, she has a, a background in theater. She's already gone through some, some huge differences in one personality to the next, which I told her then, which was, uh, you know, Betsy Ruth. There's nothing similar about Betsy Ruth to Rosie Lot of Love. There's nothing similar about Rosie Lot of Love to Andrea. Uh, and and her physical transformation is just amazing, but uh, ultimately uh, she she came out and they they showed who she was, uh, and she's doing this shaman gimmick like she's like almost I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as say full blown mysticism, but you know basically that's what she's uh what she's putting out there, and on just at first sight you would have said that this match should be a mismatch. Because Becky is so much bigger and looks so much stronger. But Belair uh, proved that to be not the case. And she walked in, and even though she was smaller, she did not back up. Uh, she was talking about she is the EST, which means that, you know, she's the biggest, she's the baddest, she's the strongest, she's the fastest. And uh, she, she kind of lived up to that. I mean, and she surprised that audience when. Uh, Beckett came charging at her out of the corner looking for a clothesline. Belair beat her to the punch and just wrapped her arm around her throat with a with a huge clothesline, took off her feet. I don't think any anybody, including me, was expecting that she would be able to stand uh relatively toe-to-toe with her in this uh in in that environment. And she she kept going. She she fought back. I mean, it it was a it was a very, very competitive match. Certainly worth watching. It was very entertaining. But at the end, 
when Becca was looking at, and she was coming off as being desperate and surprised that she didn't get that win. And I was surprised that she didn't get the win because she hit the move that had been her finish on the Indies for a, a long period of time, that being that single single leg kind of missile drop kick. She nailed it with that, but it wasn't enough to put Belair down. Uh, as later or at the close of the match, she got her into the corner. But Belair comes back off, and she she said earlier that her hair is a weapon, and she she did use it as a weapon. She popped her across the chest like a whip with, with that uh, that ponytail, that super long ponytail that she's sporting. And then she hit an explosive spear and got the pin. Uh, Belair, who didn't walk in with a lot of fanfare to this tournament, it wasn't a lot of you know not a lot about her on the indies, but she won that crowd over. And uh, I picked wrong in that that match, and I'm happy to say that I picked wrong. I'm glad that to see Belair uh, go to the next round. Uh, she was advertised as an athlete. They went into her background, and she works like an athlete. She looks like it. She was she was great. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing her in her next round matchup because she she's got a tall task ahead of her, which I will get to later. Uh, the main event of the of episode three was Piper Niven, the former Viper taking on Santana Garrett, who walked into this tournament. I think I, I said this before. She she walks in as the Wild Women's Champion. Now, of course, that isn't acknowledged, but she is technically a champion for another organization. And I know that there's one guy out there that didn't like hearing that, if nothing else, <laughs> because he he's convinced that the, the WWE is uh, going out of their way to job people. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And you got to get – Got to give these ladies some some uh, some credit. A lot of them really, really, really want to be there. So, you know, let let we got to let them have their moment in the sun. You know, you know what I mean. But anyway, uh, Piper, which is this is maybe like the third or fourth time that I've had a chance to see her work, and uh, she is as good as I remember seeing her. Uh, as is Santana Garrett. I think Garrett has who has really grown over the last year or so. And if if nothing else, her resume of championships proves that. Uh, she's been the NWA Women's Champion. She's been the Shine Champion. I said she's the current Wild Champion. And of course, a, a bunch of other regional titles that she has underneath her belt. So she's she's won quite a bit. And uh, the match was probably a little bit more even than I guess most people would have expected. I, I think uh, Piper Niven would have been perceived as the as the domineering force here in much the same way I would perceive Sage Beckett, but in neither case did that really happen. Although the uh, advantage of size does come into play, it wasn't played up throughout the entire in the entirety of the match. And speaking of that, I understand that there have been some fans that kind of went online on the, the WWE uh, Facebook page and kind of been fat shaming uh, uh piper niven uh and that that's really disappointing that you would have people that would go through that and kind of uh, more or less bully this this young girl online over her size uh look no she's not the smallest girl in the tournament and i think that everybody's aware of that but she clearly is good at what she does uh her size has not been a hindrance if anything i would say it's probably been an attribute for her because 
you can look at her and say, man, that's different. That is different right there. She, for her to be able to do the things that she's doing at that size is, is amazing. And that's essentially what she brought to the table. She she brought an amazing skill set and athleticism, regardless of how big or small she happens to be. And you know, and it doesn't bother me in the least. I mean, I come from the era where uh, wrestling was a lot less cosmetic, and some of you out there know what I'm talking about. I mean, just just think about some of the people that they weren't all bodybuilders and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I come from the era of the King Kong Bundys and. You know, the Big John Studs and Vaders and, you know, the stu- people like that. Well, they, they weren't necessarily, Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, they weren't necessarily small, but they were able to get it done in the ring. And, and a side note, Piper Niven looks better than, uh, she's way more attractive than anybody that I just named. <laughs> so so I, I, I absolutely have no problem with her. And uh, I will continue to follow her. I think she's a great talent. But uh, anyway, getting back to it, they were the main event of episode three. And in the end, it was Piper Niven who defeated Santana Garrett. Santana tried to go for her finish, which is that kind of, uh, it's not really a springboard, but a handstand into a, a rebounding moonsault off of the ropes. But Niven was able to get out of the way of that. And catch her with a sit-out Michinoku driver. And that was the end of Santana Garrett that sent her home, even though she leaves with the championship. Uh, again, that wasn't really acknowledged. So I'm just I'm just saying that to say that she didn't really lose all that much. But now that I think about it, you know, there's a couple of other people that walked into the, the uh, tournament with championships. Uh, Mercedes Martinez being the other. I didn't bring it up before. Uh, she is still the reigning WSU Women's Champion, and I believe she is still the reigning uh, uh, Shimmer Champion, which which all of the B-roll provided to this tournament for, for the ladies that have no uh, WWE prior experience essentially came from Shimmer. So if they wrestled in Shimmer, they, was gonna, they had some matches provided where you could see uh, what they did ahead of time, which only goes to show that the matches that we're watching, as exciting as they were, and, and all of these matches were really good matches. They, you know, a few lags aside with with one person here and there, but uh, that aside, the matches were good. They were entertaining, but I will say and go on record to saying that seeing this quality of match from the ladies is not anything new for me, and I would go so far to guess that is. Probably not new for most of you guys either because these are the norm on the independence. These matches that take place on, in the May Young Classic, these things happen all the time on the independent circuit. These are matches that, um, that we're used to watching. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have gone to the, to the May Young Classic. I'm glad that they went. And I'm glad that a lot of them are getting the opportunity to show what they got to a much bigger, much broader audience. I mean, Sergey, D, Baszler, Leith, Martinez, Evers, Ripley, Yim, you know, all, all, all of them need, you know, deserve is probably a better word, deserve to get on a high stage at least once, at least one time in their career. And they've got a chance to do that. This this is that time. This is, this is the place that they get to do it. And I'm glad to see that they're getting that, Getting that done. So we come now to episode four, which is 
the final episode of the first round. And again, at this point, I've only picked one wrong, so I, I was I was pretty well pleased with myself at this, at this stage of the game. I was like, if I got this far and I only got one of them wrong, then I then I've made some good picks. Uh, but I had four more to go. I was I, I wasn't really all that concerned with it, but I, I had four more to go. So here we go. Episode four. They opened it up with Candace LeRae, Miss Wrestling, as she's now you know as she's the wife of Johnny Gargano, and they did acknowledge that in the video package. Uh, she defeats Renee Michelle, who we see on the independent circuit quite a bit, uh, but she did not go over that being Renee. She went down to Candice LeRae with Candice LeRae's wild ride, a neck breaker off of the second rope. So she put Renee down, and she will advance to the second round. Lacey Evans, who I've talked about a couple of times here, um, who was the former Ruby Mobs on the Georgia South Independent Circuit. So a lot of people did not get to see her prior to this. And, and me included, I really didn't get to see a lot of them. I, a lot of her matches preceding this. I, I may have saw her wrestle as Ruby Mobs two or three times online. Uh, and all due respect to her, neither of those matches were overly impressive. But, as I said previously in a different podcast, the thing that's going to be pushing her is she is the other sentimental favorite. She's the other girl that's in there that, hey, you know, this is all I've been wanting to do, and I've sacrificed myself. I'm not at home being the mom that I could be because I've been dedicating myself to the ring and this, this, that, and the other. So, uh it, it was interesting to see her uh, come in there. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting. Well, I, I can't say that. Let me let me let me rephrase that. I picked Evans to win, but there was a point in there, much like what I said earlier with uh, Marty Bell. There was a point in that match where I was like, "Ooh, I think I might have picked wrong," but she she uh, scored. Lacey Evans got the pin. She she pinned a. Uh, Tanyara Conti with the with the reverse pile driver roll up, so she popped her, went for the pin, and she advances. So we got the, we got two sentimental favorites that's kind of moving in. Uh, Savoy, the queen of suplexes, uh, she went in against Rena Gonzalez, who was uh, surprisingly good. I, I I had not seen Gonzalez at all. But and and I was really expecting uh, Savoy just kind of cut through her, which did not happen. <laughs> so, so you got Gonzalez, and she pretty much dominated this match. She she had her essentially on the ropes from the get go. But it was the uh, submission tap, the submission victory by Savoy that that got her through. She was advertised as the queen of suplexes, but she never got the opportunity to toss those suplexes because Gonzalez was all over her, and she was showing the, the size and strength and leverage advantage uh, throughout the majority of this match. But it was once Savoy was able to get her down on her back and hyper-extend the arm where she got that uh, tap-out submission. So Gonzalez is eliminated. Savoy moves on to the uh, second round. And then we got the main event of the show episode four and I, and I would go so far to say this not just the main event of episode four 
but it was the main event of the entirety of the first round. Kari Zane took on Tessa Blanchard in the first round matchup, and I will echo the sentiments that both JR and Lita uh, kind of put out there during the commentary that that match, which is a high-profile match, it, and it's a shame that it, one of them had to be defeated. And I, I fully agree with that. Had they been separated, had it been Zane with somebody else or Blanchard with somebody else, it's very likely that I would have said Zane and Blanchard would both win and uh, over their particular opponents. But in this case, it was Blanchard versus Zane, and only one of them was going to go. And, man, it, it, it made for a great match. It was very entertaining. Like I said, I think it was the uh, the main event of the entire first round. Uh, and Tessa, she, she what can you say? She's a Blanchard. She, <laughs> she, she got a little aggressive in there. But in the end, uh, Kyrie Zane uh, move counter, you know, hole and counter hole between the two of them. It ultimately came down to Zane uh, popping Blanchard off in the corner and setting her up for her fabled elbow drop from the top rope. And that elbow drop connected full force, and it put Blanchard out. And she was done with a one, two, three. Blanchard eliminated. Kyra Zane, the Pirate Princess, advances on. So that is the entirety of the first round of the Mae Young Classic. So where are you in terms of your picks? Who did you get? Who did you get right? Who did you get wrong? How many of these people did you know were going to go to the, the second round? How many did you like just screw up on altogether? And we got some interesting matches going into the uh, the next set. Got Abby Layeth facing off against Rachel Evers, Princess Serhey to go against Mercedes Martinez, Nicole Savoy to go against Candice LeRae, Mia Yim will take on Shayna Baszler, uh, Kyrie Zane will take on Bianca Belair, and I am surprisingly I am really looking forward to that match. I. I think it's going to be a sleeper match. Um, Dakota Kai will be taking on Rhea Ripley in the uh, next round. Serena Deeb, the sentimental favorite, will be going against Piper Niven, second round. And it will be Lacey Evans, uh, sentimental favorite number two, taking on Tony Storm. My predictions uh, or my picks are already in. Again, if you are looking to see what and who those are, I would suggest that you visit me on one of uh, the three platforms, that being Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. The post of my bracketology for the Mae Young Classic is there and is ready to be seen uh, for everybody to know that I am not backing down on, on my uh, predictions, regardless to how I may feel during the course of the match, because... Some of those matches did put me at the edge of my seat. I was like, ah, I'm finna lose. But nope, uh, <laughs> with the exception of Bianca Belair over Sage Beckett, I did uh, pretty pretty freaking good, <laughs> I have to say. So it, it was one out of 11. So I was 11-1 and one with my picks first round. I, I think if this was something I could have bet on in Vegas, I'd have cleaned up right now. Oh, well, I guess pro wrestling isn't the best thing to be betting on. So anyway. 
that is it. That is the entirety of the first round of the May Young Classic. I thought it'd just be easier to do the first round opposed to breaking this down and going episode by episode. And it's like, that's just too much. Too much to be trying to pull up an entire episode for each episode of uh, the classic. So we'll just do it all at one time since I watched it all at one time. So there we go. Uh, reminders. Go on and check out the uh, the channel for YouTube. Subscribe. Make sure you click the bell to get your notifications. If you are a uh, MP3 listener, and I can only imagine that some of you are because I like listening to Minds in the Car, uh, <laughs> go on to podbean.com or iTunes or Google Play or TuneIn Radio, and you find WPN. If you click WPN in the search, it will come up, and you will have the opportunity to listen to all this great free content. All you got to do is subscribe. Make sure you click the buttons to let people know. Oh, I should say let people know. But let the the, um, the system know that you are a subscriber, and uh, that which in turn will let me know that uh, I have your support, and uh, your support is very necessary. Again, it keeps small entities such as the WPN alive. You know, when you're the WWE, you can lose 5, 10, 50, you know, 50 or 100 fans, but they still got a gang of them more around the world that are going to support it no matter what. So the loss for them, for a big company, for a big corporation, means nothing. For independent, losing one or two people means everything. So that's why I say that all this stuff accounts for a lot. It means a lot to anybody that's uh, decided to support by liking or sharing the videos. I uh, truly mean it, uh, that, that I uh, appreciate it. And uh, anybody that's done a, a step further than that and dropped a dollar or two, uh, for the support of the show or the shows, because there's several of them on, under the Women's Processing Network. Uh, if you've done that, then I really, really, really appreciate you uh, without any ends because, uh, like I said, when you're indie, it gets tough, man. It gets tough just to maintain that. It's, it's, a, it's a real hard gig to do. Okay, so that's that. The uh, Million Classic first round is at a conclusion, and I will be looking to see round two when it drops next week. So hopefully you guys will be able to join me and hopefully you would have caught up with all that stuff and we'll be able to uh, go through some of these brackets together. Uh, again, I know some of you have sent me uh, the, the names of people that you think are going to win, but what I really want to see is the brackets. I want to see your brackets. I want to see people pick from start to finish. I guess I can't really ask for that now, so I'm going to ask from second round on up. If you uh, know who you got, if you know who you want, if you know who, who you think is going to win from the second round, on up to the uh, finals. Go ahead and fill those brackets out. It'll be great. Uh, and like I said, I can tell you proof positive because I already done it. It will put some uh, extra stake into your viewing uh, pleasure because you're going to be pulling for the person that you picked. So that'll be that. All right. That's it, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast. Be sure to find us on all our platforms and social media. Check out our videos, whether it be interviews, or podcast interviews, or wrestling matches, or what have you, just make sure that you watch it. And that will uh, help keep everything moving forward. So with that, and until the next May Young Classic, you guys take it easy, and we'll catch you on the next go-round. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. 
If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.